This is Hotshot Archery's Outdoor Podcast. The show starts in three, two, one, go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hotshot Archery's Outdoor Podcast. I am Logan Chartrand. I've got Robin Parks on the phone on his way out to the deer stand in Illinois this afternoon. Robin, how's everything going? Hey, Logan, it's going uh, really good. Uh, nice, another cold front's coming through this afternoon, so I'm going to risk getting... Uh, soaked in the deer stand so I can be there once it passes and we've got some pictures of a few pretty nice bucks using one field in particular so that's where I'm headed. Yeah man I had to run out and take the boy to school this morning and I was like where the in the world was this weather on Saturday when I had an opportunity to go out but instead it was in the high 70s low 80s and crazy windy. So I'm glad that uh, you're able to take advantage of it and get out. Like I said, might get a little wet, but sometimes it's really worth it to make sure that you are there after that rain subsides and those deer get out, start hitting scrapes and freshening things up and shaking the water out of their hides. Yeah, I, I'm, we're really right on, you know, the cusp of, well, let me say it, put it this way. We're right there between just being past what most consider to be the October October low, which I will say for us absolutely existed for about a week or so. Our pictures were practically nothing. Our sightings were practically nothing. And uh, things that really picked up for us in terms of just overall sightings while we're hunting and, and photos and everything the last three days. So... Uh, we're right there, the, you know, while bucks are still on their feeding patterns, but they're starting to think about other things and we're just real close to things, uh, being really good. And, and actually we, like I said, the reason I'm thinking this drive for one short hunt is just because we do have several nice bucks on their feet feeding in the evening. So I try to capitalize that on that before they all start wandering around and doing their, uh, love crazy. Yeah, I was actually, I was kind of thinking that before we actually started talking today is like, I feel like I'm knee deep in deer season. I'm, I'm really close to being about neck deep in it where it's all in go hard, but I have noticed a lot of the same things. Um, in fact, I've been kind of holding off on even trying to get out. I've only been out three times so far this year because the weather just hasn't been great or trying to get daylight pictures and absolute like things have just fallen off for us. We have started to pick up some scrapes. I don't know if you guys are seeing that or not out where you are at, but they finally started to open some scrapes up at the farm and getting pictures, but a lot of, a lot of young deer, a lot of does. I just don't feel like we're quite there. It's what it's October 19th, 20th, something like that today. And I feel like a week, a week and a half, it's just going to be like, that's all I'll be doing. It won't be the, okay, I'll stay home this weekend and we can hang out and do this. It's like, nope, this is absolutely my time. Um, so you guys are, you're, it sounds like you're really fortunate that you are starting to see that movement pick back up already and at least give some glimmer of hope. It, it makes it a lot more worth it to sit out in a stand and get wet when you know there are 
deer moving in the area and moving during shooting hours versus just hoping that you might see something wander by because everything's been shut down because of either warm temperatures, weather, you know, any, any number of things right now. And just the whole, I feel like they're kind of in there taking a, a quick nap before the rut hits and they're about to go crazy. Yeah, there, there's a lot of discussions and theories and talks about October lull. Does it exist? Is it real? Is it fake? Um, it, to me, it really doesn't matter what the reasons are. I just know there's always a week or 10 days for us, and it's really hard for us to see a deer during daylight and even get photos of them. So I can admit that if we're just not in the right place of doing the right thing, so be it. But um, like I said, things are getting better for us. And, and Eric, Eric Gregory and Billy Wheeler, the two guys that I hunt with in Holborn, Illinois, they both have already shot nice bucks. Uh, they were able to to both fill their buck tags uh, with mature bucks before that lull started while deer were pretty predictable still. And um, congrats to those guys. They're both, they both got really nice mature deer. And, uh, so I'm the one out of three still hanging on, but uh, better times are coming. And, and I'm also very fortunate that this area in Illinois that I hunt, that that we hunt that for whatever reason, I guess it's lack of pressure that uh, mature bucks are on their feet during daylight hours, often even through October. And we don't feel forced to have to wait for the rut in, in our part of Southern Illinois there. So uh, that's why I spent so much early season in Illinois and just kind of uh, ignore Missouri, I guess you could say waiting for the right time in Missouri, but spending time in the woods over in Illinois. So I, I feel pretty, pretty good about this afternoon. Oh, I definitely have my fingers crossed and high hopes for you. Like I said, I've, I've only gotten out a couple times. There's a lot behind that. It's not just necessarily the weather. Um, we've talked a lot. I have that first week of November off and can only shoot one antler deer prior to Missouri's firearm season. So it gives me the the ability to kind of sit back and say, do I want to hunt now? Do I want to go push things and see about maybe shooting a buck possibly? And then what do I cancel my vacation or do something else? I, I feel like uh, you've mentioned a couple times that I would be more than welcome to come join you in the tree with a camera in my hand. Uh, so <laughs> I've been holding off, but the same thing you mentioned, the lack of pictures, it's been weird. We've had some really nice deer, I'd say a small handful at least of what I would consider to be mature shooters. But over this last week, week and a half, and I know there are people out there killing deer right now and killing really nice deer. So it could just be a little bit about where I'm at, but we have not been seeing those big deer as they have dispersed. They're not really hitting even the minerals that we have out that they've been hitting way longer into the year than they normally do. But the other reason is if I'm going to go out, like right now I'm pretty much on a doe mission because I have that time when I know it's going to be really prime. I'm like, why well, go now? And unless I had a, a really good deer on a daylight pattern, there would be no need for me to try to get out there. But we don't have a ton of does on our farm these last few years. So 
I've been like, in fact, uh, Saturday, I went out with one of our other pro staff members, Rush Drury. He has access to a farm and this place is like loaded with deer and says the farmer just wants them gone. Shoot anything that you see is legal. Take as many as you legally can. Just get them gone. But it was so damn windy on Saturday. Like I spent most of my hunt just trying not to get blown out of the tree after I dropped pretty much every freaking thing that I could. I dropped an arrow. Well, I didn't drop it. The wind blew an arrow off of my string down into the ground. My quiver was on the other side of the tree hanging over the section of steps. I was hunting in one of Russ's setups. So I grabbed my bow and went to turn around to do something to grab another arrow out of the quiver and get it knocked. And then I was just going to hold my bow for a few minutes until the wind stopped. And as I was spinning around the tree, I had my X-Spot deuce hooked up and I guess somehow I bumped the trigger, hit it against my harness or something. And that thing dropped to the other side of the stand. So thank goodness I always, I talk all the time about carry backups, carry backups. Thank goodness I had my green X-Spot, my three finger in one of the things. So I didn't have to climb down to hunt, but man, between the wind trying to blow me out of the tree and then blowing other things out of the tree. And it was so crazy windy that neither one of us were able to see anything. They were getting crops out all around us. I don't know if that had the deer a little nervous because where we were set up was kind of on these big field edges, not really back in the woods or anything, but neither one of us saw a deer and Russ is like, man, this is pretty much a home run. You show up, you should have no problems being able to get a doe to fill the freezer or you know whatever you need to do. It just hasn't worked out. So I'm excited. I think this weekend, well, even this weekend, I don't really know if I'm going to get out and hunt. I still, Jack has to get his slug gun shot prior to firearm season. I didn't hunt with my rifle last year because we had both his AR and his slug gun in the blind to use whichever he was most comfortable with. So I need to shoot my rifle. I mean, there's just so much going on. And and it goes back to, I don't know for what I'm seeing right now. I was actually, before we started recording, I was on my phone trying to uh, get my spy points set up with the thousand picture packages on some of them. So I could start cranking out a bunch at these scrapes that I've got them set on. But I feel like until I really start seeing either new deer move in or some of these deer that have kind of dispersed and spread out a little bit coming back through and starting to check on does. For me, I just don't, as much as I would love to hunt, I don't feel like it's worth it for me to to get out and maybe burn up some of my spots. Yeah, I, I understand that, especially when you got time off. Like you said, you got first week of November. I got the first four weeks of November off, so I'll have plenty of time. You know how that goes for me, right? Yeah, you'll have you'll be able to find I'm sure an hour or two in there to get in a stand. <laughs> I work a little bit whenever I need a little rest and need to recuperate. But uh, no, I, on a serious note, I I do think that you're going to start seeing some improvements real soon. Uh, one of my Missouri places, uh, just in the last three days, I've had. Uh, bucks are starting to show up to my mock scrapes and work them. And, uh, I'm talking, you know, two and three year olds, not just little things. And uh, getting some pictures of some bigger deer. So uh, not too much longer, really. It'll, it'll be here soon enough. 
house, just like you. Like, I haven't killed a single deer yet, which this is, a, like, the last, what, three weeks? We're three weeks in October, essentially, and I haven't shot a single deer. That's odd for me. But uh, a lot of that has been due to the places that I can shoot a doe. There's not very many deer, so we don't want to take a doe. The other places where the farmers are begging us to shoot those. The access is really tough. Now they finally got some of the crops out, so we'll have a much easier time to go get deer once they're shot. So um, even tonight, there's a good chance I'll shoot a doe if I get a good chance. But here in another 10 days, then those will pretty much be off limits for a while again. Oh yeah, for sure. That's why I've saving all the does at the family farm. I've gone out. Uh, I think I've hunted out there. I've sat two different times. I've only seen antler deer and turkeys when I've gone out. Uh, so I'm like, even if I see a doe, I'm not, that's my rut bait. I mean, that's for that week, that first week of November, when I'm out there, that's what the bucks are coming to find. That's where I've had my success the last couple of years is being able to get in relatively close to these doe bedding areas and counting on the bucks cruising scent checking, hitting the scrapes, looking for these does. So I I finally had an opportunity to go somewhere that had does. And then we had sustained 20 to 30 mile an hour winds, gusts of like 40 or 50 miles per hour at times. We were probably pretty stupid to go out and try to hunt. But like, like you mentioned, I'm three weeks into October and that was only my third hunt, much less, you know, shooting a deer. It was it's like, I've got to get out here. I need my tree stand therapy. I would love to have a doe going into that week of vacation because I'm still, and until we get through firearm season, I won't be shooting any antlerless deer. So um, just wanted to say, I'm ready. I am so ready. I'm ready for the pictures to start picking up, start seeing more of that movement, start to see some of these bucks swell up a little bit, get that testosterone really going. Maybe, hopefully, I'd love to get out this weekend and see if I can find more rubs, more scrape activity, just trying to really hone in on where these deer are. So when we do get to November, it's it's ready to go. But hopefully, uh, you're able to fill that Illinois tag tonight and then not have to stress or worry over whether or not you're going to be able to shoot. You know, is it just one big deer this year? Is it going to be three again? Or, or, you know, are you only going to be able to get two? Is it going to be a bad season for you? <laughs> well, uh, I do actually have just between Missouri and Illinois four buck tags because I got drawn for a managed hunt in Missouri. Um, but like I said last year, after I killed three, uh, that may never happen again. So I'll be quite happy if it only ends up being one and even more excited if the number grows from there and let's face it it could very well end up at zero i'll kill some deer that you can count on but you can never count on shooting a, a, a nice buck so now, we shall see how the season rolls on yeah even something like that managed hunt without getting into where it's at i mean it's almost you would like to think that it's damn near a gimme to be able to see some nice deer but and it's a whole other thing when you've got to try to get within bow range of them and set up and you're dealing with other hunters who are out there on public ground. So hopefully it all works out. It'd be awesome if you could uh, maybe swing for the fences and get four this year, fill them all with nice deer. It could happen. I mean, I won't say it can't happen. 
it would uh, it wouldn't be impossible, but I'm not counting on it. But that man at Santa got drawn for should be a fantastic hunt without getting into too much detail. Not that it matters, but it's a St. Louis County Park, one of those hunts that and it's never been hunted. Uh, this is the first time ever. There's only 30 hunters drawn for it. So the and it's and it's so starts November seventh, goes to the end of the month. So plenty of time. And uh, I haven't started walking it yet. I've done several drive-throughs and the place is chock full of deer for sure. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. So it ought to be uh, relatively easy to be able to at least fill a tag with something for whether it's for the wall or the table or a combination of both uh, it shouldn't hopefully be too difficult for you i don't think so and i hope not because it's one of those hunts you have to shoot a antlerless deer before you can shoot one with antlers so first antlerless deer that comes too close to me is in big trouble right and if you have my luck it will be one of those situations where you'll have like a 150 walk past you several times and you're just dying to try to find a dose somewhere that you can uh try to run an arrow through but and all you're seeing are the big bucks so uh, i hope that that doesn't happen but that is certainly a nightmare that is possible <laughs> yeah that's why there is a uh, a national wildlife refuge that always does a managed hunt that's not too terribly far uh, in the grand scheme of things. It's probably a little over an hour or so away, but I'm like, no, it's an earn a buck type of hunt. And I'm like, I'm going to go out there and all I will see are these massive bucks that people always see when they're out there watching waterfowl and won't see the antlerless deer that I need to see or I'll end up getting the antler listen and not have an opportunity to go back out and try to fill the buck tags. I'm like, I'm not even going to tempt myself by trying to apply for it. Yeah. Well, I think it'd be worth the temptation, but we'll see if I'm kicking myself later. Uh, it'll all work out. I was going to ask you, you'd mentioned the dates of it. I didn't know if it was like when it was going to be normally a lot of the hunts that I will try to apply for on the managed hunts are usually later in the year. And Looks like this year probably would have been a good year to try to get drawn for one of those later hunts because certainly seems like uh, three or four days in our schedule have opened up in early January. Yes, yes. That's uh, a good segue right there. We probably should talk about that a little bit. For those that don't know what Logan's hinting at, um, the Archery Trade Association has canceled their annual... Uh, archery trade show which is usually right there at the end of the first week or beginning of the second week of january and uh it's a show that people who work in the archery and hunting industry look forward to as does many people that are have ties to the industry and um it was canceled, of course. The elephant in the room, as I like to put it, COVID strikes again. And uh, But let's be honest, I think, Logan, you and I both agree it was really the only right decision to be made was to cancel this year. Yeah, I just, I was already planning on it. I had talked to my wife a little bit, and she's like, you know, is it really worth going out there because everybody, I mean, we joke even when there isn't a pandemic going on, like this is where you're going to go to get sick. 
everybody, it seems like, ends up getting the flu or some sort of illness because you are around literally thousands, maybe 10,000 or more other people over the course of these several days. And it's right in the heart of flu season. I just didn't see how they were going to be able to have it with everything else that was going on, whether you know, there are certainly people out there who do not feel like it was the right decision, like they bowed to political pressure or whatever the case is. But I just, I, there was no way that I could foresee with everything that's been going on, them saying, yes, we can still have this show in the manner that people expect. And I think that was really, at least what I read into the communication that I got from the ATA was, a lot of it was around, are we able to deliver this show that everybody expects, the ATA that people know? And I was, I had already reached out to a couple people asking me about it. I'm like, I don't think that I'm going to go. I just, I don't know. You know, obviously I'm in a fortunate position, I guess, where my company is not on the line for this show. Like Wizbang Media doesn't have anything writing on this show where, I needed it to go where I had to be there for the sake of the business. So I was, I guess I was maybe even a little, little happy to see that they called it so early just to, to make me feel a little bit better about where my mind was at with already just maybe avoiding it for 2021. Yeah, I, I think it's the people that are so outwardly expressing their disappointment and unhappiness. Let's let's face it, some people are calling bullshit and um, they just don't actually understand the business decision behind canceling it. And um, even if the virus was a total fake and a fraud, which just throwing that out there for exaggeration, hyperbole, okay? There's still a business decision to be made, and there is a certain percentage of people who would be necessary for a show to be successful. A certain percentage of people would not show up based on their own concerns or fears or et cetera, whatever, whatever label you want to put on that. Yeah, well, hell, and I mean, I just the, said that I wasn't going to go. Like, I, I, and I don't. Yeah, I, it, I mean, without the right amount of people there who can expect a return on their investment to attend the show if you're an attendee, to exhibit if you're an exhibitor, let's look at it from Hot Shot standpoint. Six weeks ago, or maybe it was two months ago, the deadline was coming for registration. And so, the owner of Hotshot, Dave, calls me. He's like, what are we going to do about ATA? And I'm, he said, they say they're still having it. My answer was, Dave, there's no way they're going to be able to have it. I don't care what they say. It's not happening. And if it does happen, how can it possibly have the amount of people there? How could it be worth it for it? Like, it's a no-brainer. Like, say no this year. And... If the virus goes away, this is what I told him back then. If the virus is gone and things are normal, if we miss out on exhibiting, that's okay. We'll go attend it and we'll be part of it. But my guess was that wasn't going to happen. Of course, that was just a guess then. But as we all know, things are not normal yet. And 
uh, cramming a bunch of people in a small space like that, crowded spaces, uh, not able to do business the way everyone's accustomed to, uh, during the show and afterwards, all the things you mentioned, it just doesn't make sense. And for anyone that just wants to pound their chest and say, I thought hunters would be the first ones to, to fight back and get back to normal. And uh, th- that's all well and good, but there's a lot of people whose livelihoods are at stake in, in the decision to attend or not attend. And, to hold the show or not hold the show and the virus has just made it so that no one can count on the return on investment being there so uh, part of the reason of course was for everyone's safety you know we could debate that all we want I don't have a dog in that fight the answer to the safety part is to cancel it but the business part is a no brainer it had to be canceled and I'm glad they finally did it I mean, it's a large outlay of money, even for the ATA. And then part of what I would love to see some statistics on are the people that are throwing the biggest fit that it was canceled. I would love to know what their role in the show is. Are they going for the parties? Are they going because they know a shop that can get them a pass? Do they actually have a dog in the fight? Like, I mean, most do in... Some you have to be associated with somebody somewhere, but are they exhibitors? Are they retailers? Do they make buying decisions or do they just look at this for the added benefit that I love about it is it's a chance to go see people that I only get an opportunity to usually see once a year, hang out with them. Let's be quite honest, not have my son around, not have to be dad at the moment and you know, go out in the evenings, enjoy a good dinner, have drinks, have a good time. It's like, were you, were you, are you pissed off because you're missing the good time or are you pissed off because this is going to have a negative impact on your business? And when I think about it from the business standpoint, how, how many years have we had conversations hanging out at the end of the ATA show, having dinner on that final night before we're all getting ready to head home the next morning. And it's like, wow, this was a tough show. You know, business wasn't maybe quite where it was for a lot of companies. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many, and I'm sure you've heard from even more of the small businesses, exhibitors or otherwise, that may have said it wasn't a phenomenal show for us. We didn't place a ton of orders. And that was when it was fully attended. Now you're going to cut that attendance either by requirement or because people just aren't going to feel comfortable forking out the kind of money it takes to go to this show for several days, to travel out there, to have accommodations, to eat, to do all the things that we normally do out there. I don't know how anybody could anticipate that it would have been a good show for their business, whether that's us here at Hotshot or bow manufacturers or our friends at Magnus. I mean, there's so many people we talked about in what, either the last episode or the episode before, like the impacts of COVID just on our supply chains, on being able to produce products. So we're already so many of these small companies, well, even I would say not even the small companies, so many of the archery industry companies are already challenged. And then you want them to go pay what they would normally pay to be able to put their products in front of less than half of the people that they're normally able to put in front of. I mean, that 
whether you figure it is like a cost per set of eyes or a cost per touch or whatever it is, that increases dramatically when the attendance has to drop either naturally or by requirement. Yeah, I think that you really nailed it when you said you have to wonder what the loudest complainers really, what, what stake do they have in the matter? And uh, frankly, I think you're right. The, the most pissed off people are the ones that get to go to ATA because they know someone uh, can get a pass. It's a cool weekend, end of the week weekend for them. They get to see things they normally don't get to see. They get to see lots of industry people. They get to uh, have fun in the evenings. And all that's true. That's part of ATA. It's a great time. But it is uh, a trade show. It is a business show. And I don't believe for a second that anyone standing on their head whining and crying about being canceled actually has a business stake in the matter and would have to be looking at the numbers, trying to decide if it's a black or a red situation to go if they would have held it. So not trying to put anyone down. That's just the fact of the matter. Uh, you got to remember it's a worldwide show. People come from all over the world. Hunting, yes, is a part of the trade show, but it's only a part of it. Uh, archery also includes manufacturers uh, of all kinds of products, target archery. There's just a whole lot more to it than just hunting. And uh, when, you, when you can really sit down and rationally think of all that, I just don't see how anyone can be in disagreement. And you're right. Uh, every year, for the last handful of years, we at Hotshot painstakingly go over what we spent to attend and exhibit, what our, what our order writing consisted of, what are the tangible returns we can put on it. And, you know, times are changing. And not all dealers want to go to the show. The dealer can email us with their order versus going to the show. A lot are preferring to do that. So there, there are a lot of factors, just like you said, to be considered. And I would just recommend that people simmer down a little bit, calm down, and try to think about all the things that actually matter in terms of, number one, canceling the show, and number two, how many people would have even went to exhibit it, much less attended. Yeah, I mean, I was hearing that they were already reducing the number of booth spaces because they had to have so much space between booths. They were limiting traffic to certain directions down aisles, which I will say that may not be a bad idea um, at some point <laughs> right. in, time in the future anyway to just try to get around to see everything and fighting against the the flow of traffic and all of that. Uh, I wonder if you would be willing to share your opinion, I mean, neither of us are archery industry experts, but let's say that we don't have the show this year and there's not a lot of major impact to many companies' bottom lines. I mean, do you feel like this is 
hate to use the word turning point, and I definitely don't think it's the death knell of the ATA, but what do you, what's your opinion on the impact that this could have to the show in the future based on how this might play out over the course of the coming months? Uh, I really believe that, so let's start about, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about Hotshot. What what does not having the show mean to Hotshot this year? And our feeling is it will mean absolutely nothing. That at the end of the year, next year, our sales will be where they're supposed to be. We won't lose dealers over not having the show. We're still going to sell the same number of releases or what we expect. Um, and we don't feel like not having the show is going to impact us. My personal thought is I don't feel like it's going to impact the archery industry at all. I think it will be business as usual, which, as you've already hinted to, has been down lately. Um, but whether it's down or increasing, whatever the industry is going to do this year, it's going to do with or without the show. And yes, I do believe it's going to be a turning point for the future of the trade show because so many people are going to force to take step back and take a look and really come to grips with what not attending the show either did or did not mean to their bottom line for the year. Yeah, I just, I, I think I'm with you for the most part. I can't imagine you have all of these companies. I couldn't tell you the last time I heard of or saw a bow um, or a major archery product be released at the ATA. Everybody's already out. I mean, Matthews has been releasing some of their new bows already, or at least, you know, dropping what they'll be pictures, whether dealers can order them already or not. I don't know. Uh, not trying to order a new bow or become a dealer for any of them, but it just seems like the show really has appeared to become more of a get together for a lot of people. Um, and sure, I, there's probably a lot that, in fact, I know there's a lot that I don't know about it. I'm sure there are some newer companies that rely on that show to be where they're able to get their name out in front of people, whether that's to pick up a marketing firm that will help them or pick up dealers. Um, you always see things like in the innovation zone and the new companies that are out there for them. Yeah. Maybe this was that chance to, to really present something to the world and they're going to have to figure out how do I do this now on social media? Maybe they weren't great with it, but I feel like all the players are already doing social media. They've already got virtual stuff. They already have dealer bases. Like I can't imagine there's any company who's going to say, I'm not going to pick up this major, let's just say one of the big three bow lines this year because I didn't get to go to the ATA. That's it's right, just right. not going and, to happen. And you, you, you are dead on with um, what you said about timing the release of new products to coincide with the ATA show. That was something that was a must eight, ten years ago. But so many manufacturers, Hotshot included, has moved away from that. Um, at Hotshot now, we release a new release, 
get it there. Uh, yeah, new ah, product. I see what you did there. Whenever we have it, whenever we have it, we put it out there. If, if it's right before ATA, fine. If it's after, fine. We do not any longer plan an announcement of a new product to try to coincide with ATA. It, 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 it does not have a high value attached to it. Um, you know, if, if, if we have a new product that comes out, let's say in August, and the ATA rolls around and someone wants to know what's new for the year, that's still what's new for the year. Just because we've been selling it for four months doesn't mean it's not new. It is still the new product. And so um, that's just the way the industry has evolved. And I think that is also a sign of the times relative to your question about what does this mean for the future of ATA. I'm not saying there won't be an archery trade show next year or in the future, but I think what the trade show means to everyone is going to change. You're going to see the shift where it is more of a bragging session for manufacturers. Hey, check us out. This is what we got. And a get-together for collaboration, for meetings. It's hard to have without having many people there for a common purpose, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think that the show is going to go away, but I definitely think this is going to bring about a, a new look and a new feeling for the show. Yeah, I think it will change what the focus used to be. Um, I've talked with a lot of people about it. I feel like for many of the attendees, at least that I talk with, and I'm sure I speak with less than maybe 1% of all the people who go to the show, uh, it seems like it's more about the networking opportunities than it really is for most of the other aspects to see the new things, to all the things that it used to be about. So I'm interested to see how the ATA as an organization can mold and adapt and still have this be something that dealers want to show up for, to attend classes. And maybe in today's age, so many companies and organizations are finding ways to do things virtually. Are they even going to have to have that? Will they be able to save money? Um, is there... Is there still a need? I think you're always going to have that. I'm greatly going to miss the show this year. It is probably the show that I most look forward to. Jurassic is super fun. I enjoy seeing my friends out there. I like going to a couple of the ASA shoots over the course of the year, seeing my shooting friends. Uh, the The interaction is going to be extremely hard to replace. And I think that's why, like you said, the ATA show isn't going away. It may not look in the future how it has looked in the past. It may need to be, whether rebranding is the right word or term or not, might have to be rebranded a little bit um, to focus on its real value to encourage people to continue putting money into attending the show. So I don't think anybody needs to worry that because the show isn't happening this year, it's never going to happen again. I think 2022 is probably going to be... Um, if I had to imagine, if I were them, and I'm glad that I'm not, but I think I would make it some sort of mega bash. It would be the show that people 
would hate to say that they didn't get to attend when people talk about ATA shows in the future. Um, when you got to come back from not being able to have your biggest show of the year, your biggest um, group of members in any one place, I think they're really going to try to do something massively huge next year. I hope they do. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but as you mentioned, it was right, wrong, and different. I don't know. Hell, I'm I'm not a health expert. I feel like it was probably best from a business standpoint for them. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you know, you mentioned that Dave was getting emails that, hey, it's time, like we're about up to the deadline for, are we going to exhibit this year? There are contracts that the organization has to sign with people. There are cancellation clauses. There are cancellation fees on things. We're just getting to a point where financially it wasn't going to make sense to do it. So as you had already said, I hope everybody can take a breath, be sad that they're going to miss their party, their friends, their film festivals, all the cool, awesome things that we were used to doing that we wouldn't have been able to do anyway. I mean, like Howl at the Moon is the place, at least one night, if not two nights after the show, they're not going to be able to have people come in and pack that thing with 300 people um, who are all bow hunters for that one night a year that they pack the place with people who normally wouldn't ever be at a Howl at the Moon. Uh, it's just, there was so much that was off the table, <laughs> even from that yeah. networking side. And then I, the other aspect too, we didn't even get into from a cleanliness. We always, I, when I show up, I usually bring cough drops for everybody at the booth. I'll usually grab um, a little bit of hand sanitizer, maybe some Clorox wipes. But for Hotshot, it's a lot about allowing people to get hands on with the releases, feel it, put it on a firing line, test them out. Could you imagine on top of trying to write orders, keep track of everything, be at the booth, now, every time any one person touches a release, you've got to pull that thing out. You've got to sanitize it down real well, get it put back out on the table. I mean, it would just be. Well, actually, I can't imagine that. Here's why. Uh, think back to uh, late February, or early March. I'm not sure. Uh, myself and a few others did a booth at the Iowa Deer Classic. That was right as. COVID was making appearance in the country, just getting, starting to gain traction. Uh, not enough to be canceling events, but we literally did sanitize a release, a release a, any release on the table. Anytime anyone touched it, we had to sanitize it. We did that on our own. No one made it. Uh, it's but been such a hell of a year. I forgot that was even this year that you yeah, <laughs> did the I know. It, it is crazy. It's crazy. Like, uh, to even think that this, this, this has been going on that long. Like, it was brand new then. Uh, no one was wearing masks. Um, but as a group, and me specifically, like, you know, that's what I would do to avoid the flu if the flu was running rampant or someone I knew had it. So we were just basically trying to be smart and uh, sanitized. And it, it was a pain in the ass and certainly we would have to do it anytime moving forward. In fact, speaking of contracts, we did sign a contract to do that show again 
but only based on being able to get a refund if we had to cancel because of COVID. So um, I want to throw one last little deep thought on the ATA show before we hang it up and call it. Yeah. Call it good. I think that one thing that's going to come out of this, and this is my opinion only, this is not anyone else's uh, stance. This is what I think. But I think this is going to force the Archery Trade Association to take a step back and stop treating their organization as if they are a show organization and get back to doing what the Archery Trade Association should be doing, which is figuring out how to promote archery and increase the business side of archery, the reach of archery, and uh, essentially how to grow the business of archery. That's the true purpose of the Archery Trade Association. Their purpose is not to have a show every year. And in my personal opinion, the association in general had become a trade show organization, not a trade organization. And so I hope that this refocuses and gets them back on the right track and all of their focus is on putting on a trade show once a year. Yeah, it would be nice. I am soapbox sure. over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of retailers, a, a lot of archery and bow shops that um would appreciate that because there is a lot of other things that go on, but nobody, nobody hears about it. unless you go, unless you're actively involved or unless you own one of these shops, um, you don't see it. And a lot of time, I would imagine that they probably are feeling like, wow, the, the only focus is to try to get people to go to this big show um, one time and then maybe send out an email, send out a, a monthly publication with people who pay to be the cover article or whatever it may be. So I'm with you. Hopefully, um, Hopefully there are good changes that will come out of this and everybody will see this for something that in the long term ends up being a positive, even though really sucks right now that um, just increases the amount of need for that tree stand therapy that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. Uh, so I'll just, I'll end this discussion with a positive about it. Just think that'll be four or five days more that we can spend hunting that we won't be losing at the end of the season absolutely it'll be nice to uh maybe plug that in in april or may and get after some turkeys or save it um, i don't know that i could talk the wife into letting me take more than one week at a time for some deer hunting but uh yeah some some additional days off could uh certainly benefit whether it's to help get that family vacation in and uh get everybody happy that you're spending time with the family or use it for some extra hunting. It can certainly come in handy. Yep, absolutely. I, I think it, maybe it's a good chance to find a late season hunt in another state where it's warm, like Texas or something like that. But uh, I'm just about to my exit, so we probably should be wrapping this up. Um, I guess it's probably time for us to be thinking about going once a week as we uh, get into this deer season hot and heavy. Maybe we can do some update shows for everyone. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting a text from you that says, Buck Down. That surely is around the corner. 
I am hoping, and you can rest assured that it will come with the most terrible picture that I can think of to try to include with it. Maybe I'll even see if I can lay down with it and do one of those dumbass selfie things at the end or just have some yeah, really terrible um, photographic uh, production behind the picture that I sent to you and I let you know. Yeah, that, that'll be fantastic. Awesome. Well, Robin, I appreciate uh, being able to get together this afternoon on your way out to the tree stand. I'm looking forward to more updates. So hopefully we can do some episodes um, like we were doing last year, where even if it's not kind of the standard length thing, it's just what are we seeing? What are we hearing ourselves, seeing ourselves, hearing from others, um, hearing from our listeners about what they're seeing and what's going on in their areas and just keep everybody up to date as they're trying to uh, focus in on that just right time to make sure they get out and take advantage of their best spots. Yep. I think that's a great idea. Awesome. Well, good luck this evening. And for those of you listening, thanks for tuning in once again. If you've got questions, if you've got ideas, if you've got a um, rut update or deer update that you want to share with us, you can absolutely email us at podcast at hotshotmanufacturing.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite platforms. Leave us a great rating. If you've already done that, tell your friends to do that for us. Follow us on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can search Hotshot Archery and also be able to uh, be sure to check out our whole line of releases, including anything new that we may release, our peep sites, our other accessories at www.hotshotmfg.com. Thanks, everybody, for your time, and we'll talk again soon.